Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally, and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. Title of my message this morning is uh, Things Which Come Against Us. And I want to read to you from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Robin and I'm pastor here. <laughs> so, but it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was beside him and he said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God and because of them we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah said, the strength of the labourers is failing and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, from whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore... I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that, Lord, your word is life, your word is truth. Lord, your word is correctional, your word is directional, your word is your love letter to us. Lord, your word is the thing that we cleave unto, Lord God, because your word in our lives is as a rock, Father God. I pray as I bring this word today that you've laid on my heart that you would make my tongue 
as the pen of a skillful writer. Father God, that you would be seen that each one in this place would go home with one more thing to build into their life foundation that you want to challenge them with at this time and comfort them with and direct them with, Lord God. Father, I just give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour because, Lord, it's all about you. Father, I'm just a signpost. (laughs) And God, I just pray that as we come around this teaching now, Father God, You'd be so glorified. I give you all the praise and all the honour and all the glory for, Lord, it's all about you. In Jesus' most precious and holy name. And everyone said. So what's happening here? This is a really powerful passage of scripture. I have preached this message some years ago, but God's been really speaking to me about it again. Um, Given the circumstances that we are working with in Murray Bridge and what we're doing in Murray Bridge, and God has just really challenged me. So the scripture here is talking about uh, seeing a rebuilding, seeing a restoration, and it's a, a restoration program at its best. So what's happened in Jerusalem is that after centuries of wars and anybody who's anybody coming in and destroying Jerusalem and then Jerusalem being rebuilt and time and time again, a group of people who God has placed in this uh, city in a particular time, in a particular place, uh, he's challenged them to bring repairs, to bring restoration and to rebuild after all of these years and years of attack. And um, we see that through chapters 4 to 6. I was listening to Nehemiah as I was travelling up here this morning, and it just really challenged me, especially Nehemiah chapter 8, the joy of the Lord is is our strength. And I think at times we all feel a little weary, and and it correlates with this passage as well. So... This was a project that from the outset looked impossible. It was rubble, it was burnt rubble, it was mess, it had become a dung heap, there'd been stuff that had been uh, left at the base of what had been the walls. And yet Nehemiah, when he heard about what was happening, he heard of the ruins and he heard about his home of Jerusalem, he knew that God had called him to begin the process of rebuilding. So he, he wept incredibly bitterly and after praying about it he decided that he was going to be the one that was going to get a working party get a working bee together to to bring some re reorder into this place but while he was building Sanballat and Tobiah rose up in anger against him and they called their friend Gershom and gathered together men to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder the work. And the aim of Sanballat and Tobiah was for Jerusalem to stay in ruins. Sanballat's meaning, his name, is a bramble bush or an enemy in secret. And what about Tobiah? Tobiah, we know, is a mocking spirit, a spirit that will belittle your dream and the desires that God places in your heart and the destiny that God has placed on your life. And also the God purpose that's in your heart to do. So between the enemy in secret and the mocking spirit, they gathered together to come against Nehemiah and all the people of Jerusalem. So in the midst of this, God raises up Nehemiah, who was fixed and focused and knew how to pray. Life lesson in this is if you 
want to do something for Jesus, things are going to come against you. Any attempt to accomplish anything for Jesus, there's going to be a, like a honeymoon period and then stuff starts to happen. And I really felt challenged today to talk through a few of the things that will come against us when we are wanting to serve God with all our hearts and our souls. Are we happy with that? Going to do with this? Okay. The anger of others will come against you. You see, Sanballat was the governor of Samaria who was really furious in verses 1 and verse 7. The Hebrew word for furious or angry means burning mad. So he was burning with an anger against what was happening. Politically, a secure and independent Jerusalem was going to threaten his very livelihood. It was going to threaten his hold politically and it was going to undermine his control of the trade in the area. So uh, that would hurt his finances. So we know that Sanballat, uh, he had an agenda. He really had an agenda and it was not God's agenda. So what did he do? He dropped his differences with the Ammonites to the east the Arabs to the south and the Philistines to the west and he formed an alliance which reminds me of the saying my enemy's enemy is my friend so in anger over what Nehemiah was doing they all came together you see opposition will unite enemies threatening to stop the work and sometimes they use violence if they can but the new work of God that was going to was commenced in Jerusalem you see, it threatened their lifestyle and they knew that unless they put a stop to what God was doing, their life was going to change. It was going to change forever. So they were not happy about this. Sanballat, Tobiah and Geshem were three enemies of the Jews and they made multiple attempts to stop Nehemiah. This is all just background, okay, from rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. See, when you're doing something for God, not everyone is going to be for you. Who's discovered that? <laughs> but when God calls you, God equips you. When God speaks into your heart and tells you, I want you to do this, when it's the time and the place for God to work in your life and work through your life, there will be resistance. And I, I think I spoke a couple of weeks ago about any forward movement will create an equal force. It's the law of physics uh, pushing against you on the other side. But in God, we have the spirit of God. We have the direction of God. We have the purpose of God. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So when we are taking ground for the enemy, there will be resistance. But don't be dwarfed by it. Don't be thwarted by it. Just keep your eyes on Jesus as we keep moving forward. Things that come against us, as we've seen in this passage of Scripture, there is mockery, there is sarcasm. Sanballat and Tobiah gathered together within the hearing distance of all and they asked this bunch of questions. What are those feeble Jews doing? Have you ever heard it said, what do you think you're doing? Has it ever come at you or is it just me? <laughs> What are you doing? Do you think you can really do this? Has God not said? You know, it's an accused accusation that comes to undermine your confidence and to make you feel like you haven't heard from God, that you are not on track in what God is saying to you, to doubt your confidence, to doubt your ability in God and understanding that those ne the negativity that will come against you at times is... is designed by the enemy to pull you down, to drag you down. 
So that's hugely significant, the, the fact that there are, he also says, are there, are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? And he means, do they think they can complete this project and offer sacrifices of thanksgiving? Can they finish it? You know, we get challenged at times, we get weary as we go along, but when God calls you, he gives you everything that you need to complete the work. And then he says, can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? The answer is yes. You see, criticism and negativity came from the Jews that lived near the wall. And these Jews that were living near the walls were not involved in any of the work. Hugely significant is that so often words come from those who are not actually doing anything for God. Words will come to undermine you when you are purposed and you're fixed and focused on what God wants to do in you and through you. And often that negativity will come from another Christian. So these were Jews, so they were part of the tribe and they were living outside the wall. So they were outside that place of intimacy where God was wanting to work and they were outside and and hearing all the negativity there's times where we need to say no to the voices we're hearing there's times where we need to pull down those accusations and say I'm not listening to that if you have a problem let's go and talk to such and such there's times where we need to actually confront the works of the enemy confront the words that are being spoken and actually deal with it because we de- we're dealing with walking by faith in this passage of scripture and our walk it's not It's not the things we see, it's not the things we hear, it's not the things we feel. It's faith in the Son of God and in his word and in his purpose in this time and this place that as we fix our eyes on Jesus, he's going to take us through into what he has for us to do. And he will perfect that which concerns us. He always will. So those that are not involved, bless them, pray for them. Those that are critical, don't listen to it. Offer to pray for them. Offer to help them in anything that they need. But don't let it distract you or discourage you from the things that God is wanting you to do. Amen. Sometimes things will come up which will remind you of what your past has been. From where you've come, from the thing that you used to be, the person that you used to be before you received Jesus as Saviour and Lord or at the very beginning of your walk with God, how it's like those stones that were at the base of the wall, they had been knocked down, they had been ruined, they had been burnt and yet the Jews in this passage of scripture were taking from that pile of rubble what was considered to be rubbish, what was considered to be dung, what was considered to be beyond redemption and they were taking them and placing them one stone at a time on this wall and using these stones that were to all intents and purposes finished. Did I spit then? I did, didn't I? (laughs) What a picture that is of how God gets us as those living stones. 
that we feel like we've been thrown onto the dung heap, that we feel like we're of no use to anyone, we feel like we've gone so far away from God that we can't come back again, that we feel like we've been lukewarm, we feel like our past has disqualified us from the things that God wants to do in us and through us. And yet the scripture here says they took those stones that had been burned and were considered as rubbish and began to build the wall, began to build a fortress again, which was going to make Jerusalem Jerusalem safe, those living inside the city safe again. And for us as living stones, we are built together as a house of God. We are imperfect, yes. We do have flaws, yes. We do have things that God is dealing with in our life, yes. But God is perfect. And God who calls us says, you are precious in my sight. You are awesome in my sight. What the world has said about you and has cast you on the heap is is nothing in terms of what God wants to do in us and through us by the power of his spirit. He takes the refuse of the world and he cleans us. I know I was refuse. (laughs) I was at the bottom of the heap. Absolutely. And yet God, not through anything I did, and you've all got a story to tell about God's amazing grace, not through anything that I did, but because in my moment of need, God had put a seed of faith in me that was enough for me to say, God, if you're real and if you're there, take me. If you can do something with me, take me. And he did. He did. And God doesn't have favourites. What he does for me, he does for you as you reach out to him. It's incredible. His grace is sufficient for us. Those rubble heaps were used to rebuild. They were not discarded. You are not past your use-by date. Annika, you are not past your use-by date, precious. You've got to know that today. 1 Peter 2.5, you also as living stones are being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then the chief cornerstone, Acts 4.1.1, also known as 11. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone because the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, Jesus. When we've been rejected, God does not reject us. Jesus was rejected by men, but he became the capstone and the foundation and the pivotal point of our lives because it's all about Jesus And because of that, he made that sacrifice for us that we might live. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? God's not over. He's not overwhelmed by our problems. He's not overwhelmed by the problems of the world. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask. He's an amazing God. He is an amazing God. And that same God who raised Jesus from the dead, the Spirit of God that dwells within you, that incredible resurrection power that can take us from a place of desperation, discouragement, need, disappointment, rejection 
and raise us up to be the people of God that he's called us to be, the men and the women of God that he's called us to be, the sons and the daughters of the Most High God that he's called us to be. Can you feel faith rising this morning? We are not beyond redemption and we are not beyond restoration because he has reconciled us to himself through the blood of Jesus. So what other things come against us? Threats, intimidation, discouragement. What about lethargy? What about tiredness? Lethargy. It's a quality or state of being drowsy and dull, listless and unenergetic or indifferent and lazy, apathetic or sluggish. And it goes on. Inactivity. An abnormal state, a disorder characterised by overpowering drowsiness and sleep. Lethargy can come upon us when we get weary, when we get weary from doing good. But it's a case of taking captive every thought and bringing those thoughts in obedience to Christ because intimidation can come when we get tired, we get weary from the fight. And God says, he said, when you're weary from the fight, he brings times of refreshing. When you're weary, there is a time to draw away and to be refreshed. When you're tired, there's a time to sit. There's a time to be in Jesus' hospital and allow him to minister to your soul. But hospital is not a facility that you stay in forever. God brings the healing you need and the strengthening you need and then you're out again. You move out. It's taking captive those thoughts and bringing them in obedience to Christ. You see, it's understanding that the word of God, when we apply it in our life, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are more than conquerors. We have victory in Jesus. We have the Spirit of God who will speak to us and show us and lead us and guide us. And he will say when to walk, when to run, when to sit and when to stand, when to hold your ground. When to just rest in him. Ephesians talks about it. I love the book of Ephesians. I'll get to that in a minute too. But we've got to know the season we're in and what God is requiring of us at any given time. When we get weary, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That joy of the Lord is not rolling around laughing uncontrollably. It's, it's that deep contentment and joy knowing that we are saved, that we have our God, that he has us, that we are in his will and it's a peace that comes upon you which causes this deep joy to rise up in you knowing that all is well with me in my God. It doesn't mean your situation doesn't need prayer. It doesn't mean that things aren't happening that are, that are, are, are whacking you or coming against you. It's, it's, you know, your family can be struggling. There can be health issues. There can be diagnoses that have knocked the wind out of your sails. And yet that peace that passes all understanding when we come into that presence of God, like in worship this morning, worshipping Jesus, all those things fall away. They don't go away, but you are disallowing the enemy to take captive your mind and the thought processes that will control the way you act and the way you feel. And it's bringing praise into the midst of your situation so that you're lifting Jesus high. And when you lift Jesus high, you draw all men unto him. It's an amazing thing. 
that there's an incredible thing that happens when we pray and when we praise God and we get into the word, faith rises and faith is one of those mysteries in God that the deeper that you go in him, the greater your faith becomes and you can begin to believe for miracles of healing, for miracles and breakthrough, for the things that have been shackling you where you've been held back. Those bondages can be broken and we can move forward into the destiny of God. And this is what this passage of scripture is all about. All the stuff that came against them and yet they built And what they did, Nehemiah divided the men. And if you read through the whole book of Nehemiah, chapter 7 is fairly tedious because there's lots of lists of things there with families and the numbers of families. But that's good too. Forget I said that. (laughs) But when you look at what God wants to do through you and when you see those things that are coming against you, you see that Nehemiah... He divided the men in half and while one was working, the other was watching, standing with a sword. And there's a vigilance that comes. We're not blinded to the attack of the enemy. So while we're about the business, we've got people praying. See, the sword is the sword of the spirit. We are armed with the things that we need to fight with and it's the word of God. It's knowing your prayer assignment. It's understanding that prayer is powerful. And this picture of people standing on the wall, one working, the other watching, it gives you that 360 vision of one at work while the others are watching, keeping an eye out for what's coming because the enemy does roar around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. But we have the peace in God. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I love that psalm. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And then at verse 5, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Who knows when you get anxious or upset you can't eat? Yeah? And all the foodies said, no. (laughs) This picture is the presence of the food table prepared for, by God for his children while the enemies are all around because that perfect peace, the Lord as our shepherd gives us the peace to partake of what he's prepared for us even though the enemies are around. Interesting, isn't it? So, are you worrying? Does worry prevent you from moving into the things of God? If you're anxious and if you're worrying, don't. Don't. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then it goes on and says, And the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus your Lord. Are you afraid? Who has fear in their life? Don't answer that. Don't be. 366 times in the Bible it says fear not in the old King James. That's one for every day of the year including leap year. Fear not, fear not. I love this scripture. 
Isaiah 43.1, fear not, for I, that's God, have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. You belong to God. Fear not. He's called you. He's redeemed you. He's brought us out of that rubbish heap. <laughs> He's called you by your name. You're his. What an incredible truth is that. Sometimes we forget with the busyness of life and the pressures of life. Remind yourself, God has called you. God has redeemed you. You are his. And then when you think it's all getting a bit hard, do you ever think, I don't think I can do this anymore? What is the point? I'm not seeing breakthrough. I'm not seeing answer to my prayers. The attacks have come. You've been criticised. You've been intimidated. Fears come on you. Is it too hard? Consider Jesus. Consider what Jesus went through. What he went through. And when he came into Jerusalem, knowing that he came to die for us in our place, he set his face like flint. He knew what he was going to face. He knew what they were going to do to him. He knew that they were going to lash him. He knew that they were going to strip him down. He knew that they were going to hang him on that cross by his wrists and by his feet. And it, I've heard it said it wasn't nails that held him there. It was love that held him there and it. That's the, the finest thing you could ever say. It was the love that Christ Jesus had for us that held him on the cross for us. So consider what Jesus went through, the mocking, the sarcasm, the jeering. Did he not say he would die, he would raise the temple in three days? He was talking about the temple of his own body, the temple that had been destroyed after years and years. Did he not say they jeered him, the son of God, the sinless, holy son of God. They, they mocked him. They stood around while they crucified him and yet there were some at the foot of the cross that knew who Jesus was. And I think if I'd been at that place at Calvary all those years ago, I just, I don't know what I would have done. But I'd like to think, I would have said, Jesus, you are Lord. But we don't have to think about that because we know him and because he is Lord and we understand what he has done for us. So when things are getting hard and when things are coming against you and you feel like you're not getting the results that you wanted or you feel like you even deserve, consider Jesus. Think about Jesus and that daily that spurs me on. One more day to serve you, Lord. One more day to praise you. One more day to lift your name in every circumstance in my life. One more day, one more day. One more day. Because that's what we've got today. And I'm planning on dying of really, really, really old age. Or Jesus may come back to rapture his church. So living each day ready, living each day 
with our eyes fixed on Jesus and not looking at all the naysayers or listening to the naysayers, but hearing what Jesus says about you. I love you, my child. I died for you. I died in your place that you might have life and have life more abundantly. How incredible is that? Hebrews 12.3, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Because Jesus restores us, he leads us, he supplies us with everything he needs us to have. He gives us all we need. You see, the enemy knows that the halfway point is a point of no return. You either stop when you're on your way or you just keep going. And I've purposed in my heart until the very last breath, I will continue. And this is personal and I'm not laying it on anybody, but I know what God has done for me in my life. And so until my last breath, I'm going to serve him, serve him, whether it be soon or a long time away. Pray it's a long time away. I've got a lot to do, (laughs) as do you. So, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. So how do we do this? We count the cost. Whatever you're encountering, whatever opposition that comes against you, you've got some options. You can run away from it. You can deny it. You can put your head in the sand and say, this is not happening. (laughs) You can try to dodge it or go around it. You can duck and weave. You can try and work out a compromise. Or you can meet it head on and work through it. You can meet it head on Bathed in prayer, as Nehemiah did, he said, Nevertheless, we went to prayer. Go to prayer and ask God to show you what needs to happen. Go to prayer. As they lifted their voices in prayer, they encountered God. They knew his direction. They knew what was needed to happen. And that's to be our first response when stuff comes, when things come against us. Don't run away, don't deny it, don't don't dodge it, don't lay it down. Take it to God in prayer and say, Lord, what would you have me do with this? Where would you have me go with this? What is your plan through this? It's not fair, but I trust you. Show me what I am to learn through this. Nevertheless, verse 9, we made our prayer to our God And because of that prayer, they set that watch. They set the watch so that they became vigilant in watching after the things of God. James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Start your day with God. Start your day with prayer and with the word. Finish your day with prayer and with the word. And in the midst of it all, praise God and thank God for all that he's doing in your life. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we enter through his courts with praise. Praise should be on our lips all the time. Whether we're in a place where 
the blessings are not coming or not. Praise God that you even woke up this morning. Praise, praise God that Jesus is Saviour. Praise God that his blood was shed for you. Praise God that he's given you life and life more abundantly. Praise God despite the circumstances in your life. And praise God saying, yet I will praise him though he slay me. In Job it says, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy of all the praise and all the honour and all the glory because he's our God. He's not just a, co a cobber digger sport that comes alongside of us. He is Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He is our God and our King. And he's the one that spoke the word and created. He is creator God. And because he's creator God, he creates in us that clean heart to renew a right spirit within us so that we can persevere with the things that he's given us to do and not give up halfway through. If you need to rest, rest. But don't stay at that place of rest. Get back up and move on. So start your day right. They put their hearts into the work. Nevertheless, Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary with doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We get on with it and we build one stone at a time. One issue at a time. It's choosing our battles, knowing which battle to fight, when it's time for us to work and when it's time for us to watch. So 50% were watching and 50% were working. But while they were watching, they were praying. And so while we get on with it, we've got someone covering our back. And while we're praying, we're covering others. So the power of prayer is so, in, it's so vital. I can't emphasise this enough. We've been having prayer meetings in church at 9 o'clock every Sunday morning. And God is moving so powerfully. He is moving. So if we truly believe that God is listening to our prayers, we should all be in prayer all the day, while we're driving to work, while we're at work, silent prayer, lifting situations to God, lifting, lifting circumstances to God, lifting our friends, our family, lifting our enemies to God, saying, Lord, have your way in their life. Don't leave them in this state. Lord, I intercede on their behalf. Lord, bring them to yourself in your love. And we get on with it. We build. We continue to build. Being vigilant. First Peter 5. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You see, the accusers will make, they'll use their anger to make you afraid, to belittle you to mock you, to break your will, break your determination, question your depth of commitment even, imply that it's too late, too little, too late because of your past. But you know what? It's never too late. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to Jesus and you say, Lord, forgive me my sins, clean slate. We repent. Lord, use me for your glory. And he will. It's amazing. So focus on Jesus. When opposition comes, it's easy to get your focus off Jesus and just look at the problem. 
Colossians 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, set, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It's getting that God perspective. It's seeing from his perspective. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus our Lord. We get the God perspective when we look to Jesus. And we may not have all the understanding we need, but that's where faith comes. We hold on to the last reamer that we've had in God and we move forward with that last word of direction or correction that God has given us so that we can continue to focus on him and his purpose and his plan and recognising that our choices determine whether it's a God future or a man future. And then we identify those issues that are getting in the way. Take responsibility for those things that you need to take responsibility for and the choices that God lays before us and ask God to create that clean heart to renew a right spirit within us so that we can get up one more time and pick up the stones. And, you know, the Great Wall of China was built one stone at a time. And look at it. It can be seen from space. It's a wonder of the world. You are a wonder because God has created you. You are God's craftsmanship created in him for good works that he's prepared for you to do. So don't be discouraged. Don't be dissuaded. Don't be disappointed. Give it to God. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be anxious. But in everything... Seek God in prayer and his promise, that peace that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. Remember, God is able. Let's pray. Father God, we come before your throne of grace in the precious and the matchless name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. Our Jesus, our Saviour, our Lord, our Deliverer, our Healer, our Baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we declare your Lordship over our lives Father, we thank you today that anyone in this house or listening online, if we don't know you as Saviour and Lord, that as we pray now, Lord, you will come into our lives and fill our lives with your presence. I pray now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me. I ask you to seat me with you in those heavenly places. I repent of those sins. I declare and believe that you died for me, Jesus, that your blood was shed for me, Jesus, that you paid the price for me that I couldn't pay myself. I receive that now. I receive your salvation. And I ask you, Father, to take me into your family that I might be born again by the power of your spirit. 
Lord, I ask this in the name of Jesus. And I praise you and thank you that from this moment forth, I'm going to live every day of my life to glorify you and to be the best version of me that you want me to be. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you and resource you with things so that you can begin to build your life in Jesus. But for those of us who already know God, Lord, I just pray right now, what has God called each one of us to do? And are we tired? Are we weary? Are we discouraged? Lord, I pray for everyone in this place today that as things have come against them, as they've been rejected, as they, some have left their homes and some are living and making a living, Father God, way away from where they, they have come. God, I pray right now that that peace that passes all understanding would encompass them around, behind and before. I pray, Father God, where there's been sarcasm or anger or mockery, Lord God, that as we fix our eyes on you this morning, Lord God, you would just give us everything we need, Lord God, as we continue to build. Thank you, Father God, for every one of these living stones in this place today and for those online. I thank you, Lord God, that you are building us and fashioning us into the house that you want us to be, Lord God. And Father, we pray that as we move out into our community, making the main thing the main thing to go forth and make disciples of all people, Lord God, you begin that work in us. Take us to a deeper degree and a deeper level of understanding of who you are in us and who we are in you. Lord God, I just thank you for this word that you've given. I thank you for this incredible Bible that you've You've given us, Lord God, to show us the way to walk. I pray for each one in this place today that you would bless them, that you would prosper them, that you would keep them, that you would correct them and direct them and align them with your good and perfect will for their lives today. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you thanks. Let us run with endurance this race to continue to build according to the pattern that God has set for us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au See you next time.